Now, talent shortage continues to persist in many parts of the world, including Asia. In Singapore, for example, the shortage of accounting staff is most felt by small accounting firms that struggle to compete with the big four accounting firms. Now, a Gartner survey of finance function employees revealed some interesting conundrums faced by both employers and employees in the finance function. Joining us today in Podcast for Future CFO is Ms. Shannon Cole, Senior Director Analyst for Research in the Gartner Finance Practice, to shed light on the results of the survey and what the CFO, HR, and other heads of finance might want to consider to improve the odds of finding and holding on to their talent. Shannon, welcome to Podcast for Future CFO. Thanks so much, Alan. Happy to be here. What are the key takeaways of the survey that I alluded to just now? Yeah, sure. First, let me explain the survey. It's called Gartner's Global Labor Market Survey. Every month, we survey thousands of employees all over the world, across industries and across functions, and we're reaching all levels of seniority. We've been doing this for many years, and so we're able to get a solid understanding of what employees value and what drives their attraction to companies and also what causes them to leave. So we looked at the survey results for recent years and tried to focus most specifically on the most recent quarters. And we found really three top findings. First, finance employees have less engagement and less interest in going above and beyond than their peers and other functions. 84% of finance employees say they do not go above and beyond in their roles. You know, and I didn't expect to find this, and I think it's interesting because traditionally the finance and accounting roles include an expectation of working nights and weekends to meet quarterly reporting deadlines, for example. So that was surprising as a a first instance. The second one that we found was that compensation matters above all else for finance employees in general. We found it to be a top attraction driver and also a top attrition driver. So notably, finance employees are looking for higher merit increases, so 8% versus the past. They were looking for about 6 to 7%, so there's an uptick in the mid-year point. And also, they look for two points more on average than other functions. So also, we're, they're seeking higher pay increases for when they switch jobs. So the 8% was on, on a merit increase, and assuming they're staying with their company. The 12%, in, in fact, closer to 13% at 12.8%, this is when they're switching jobs. And, you know, the preceding two-year average is about 12%. So again, that we, we see this slight uptick, too early to call it a trend, but um, we notice that it's two percentage points higher than average for other functions, which is 10%. So they're looking for a little bit of a premium in their compensation compared to other functions. Third finding, and and to me, this is the biggest one. The the biggest finding is why they're leaving their companies. We found that the future career opportunities are driving them to leave, which to me is unsurprising. So think, you know, most of us will move roles to broaden our career horizons, right? This is something that we look for. But beyond that, we found two very interesting things. So first, respect was the top driver at mid-year 2023 for our North American, Latin American respondents, and they even ranked it higher than compensation. And secondly, that people management appeared in the top five reasons for leaving in four out of five regions. And additionally, manager quality also featured in the top five reasons for, for our largest regions, North America, Europe, and Asia. 
But why I think this is important is because there are 38 attributes from which they can choose. The list includes things like location, recognition, work environment, work-life balance, and so on. So there's a low probability that in these large samples, we would see such consistency if the behaviors of managers were infrequent or isolated. And because we're seeing this consistency across geographies, across student quarters, it suggests that we have work to do in finance. And that work is around how we understand and then cultivate respect in the workplace for finance employees and how we can actively improve upon people manager quality. So would you say that these attritions, these drivers, are as much a result of the legacy way of working as far as the roles are concerned? This is a very good question, Alan. Um, so compensation and future opportunities, as I mentioned, these are natural reasons for attrition. And by the way, they score high for non-finance employees. So we can put those to the side because I don't think there's any differentiation there. But let's talk about respect. Respect is about how finance employees are treated by the organization. We know that some of the comparative advantages that finance has had within the organization have been shifting in recent years because of big data and digital ways of working. So one advantage that finance has traditionally held in the organization is their ability to access and turn enterprise data into information, mostly financial, but incorporating non-financial data as well. And they're doing this for senior executives. Finance employees have long held a prominent role as advisors and partners to business leaders in their business decisions. What has happened in the last decade is that organizations increasingly have access to data and skills to use the enterprise data beyond the finance function. Marketing was one of the leading functions in transforming how they use data, and they started to access more and more data to drive more intelligent campaigns. So now data is coming from new places, websites, devices, and everyone throughout the company is growing their skills at working with data. So finance's capabilities are now being compared against a new set of expectations. And how this comes back to respect is that respect in the past was aligned to positional power within most organizations and finance functions benefited from that. So additionally, the licensure of the accounting profession gives positional power, especially for public company audit functions. So that's the culture of these roles. In today's world, respect is increasingly given to those who can quickly get to meaningful insights at a new level of depth that drive business value. So finance is still earning that respect, and over half of our surveyed finance employees, and this is all employees, not just um, people who have moved jobs, they say they're satisfied with the level of respect that they get from their organizations. But in turn, it becomes an attrition driver when they feel they're no longer getting the respect from their organizations. So that's one to watch. As for management qualities and competencies, traditional career paths in finance are vertical and they're competitive. People management roles in finance traditionally require the individual to perform and communicate financial analysis at the direction of business partners and more senior finance leaders. So depending on the demands of those requirements, the time that people manager can spend and become proficient in leading teams, it sometimes takes a subordinated position to these other analysis demands. So it's important to understand how we can do this better in the future.
Now, speaking of finance leaders, and if you look at those that have done very well in their careers as CFOs or regional controllers or whatever, what could be learned from these finance leaders who have excelled very well in their career? What's unique about these people? Uh, well, there are different interpretations of career excellence, so this is a really hard question. But a few years back, we looked at what CFO traits and behaviors coincided with strong top-line growth and profit performance for public companies. And we found that cultivating a strong relationship with the board and CEO, developing their own understanding of the customer through firsthand interactions and observations, and personally getting involved in business issues with business unit leaders were amongst the strongest traits that determine success. So today, CFOs are also adding in their own priorities for digital transformation of their company and also of the finance function, which of course tie back to the company's overall short-term and long-term financial objectives. So I think the key lesson is that adaptability is necessary for success. I mentioned a lot of things, a lot of different things. So we like to call this the ability to wear many hats. And I think this is really it. You know, we're going to continue to see finance leaders um, achieve the best success in the future. I find that CFOs are strategic advisors. They also delve into many things that uh, operate within the company. But at some point, don't you worry that you'll drop, start dropping balls and all that because you're doing a many th so many things at the same time, including things more recently like ESG, you know, being more acutely yeah. aware of compliance and all that. Uh, I, I, again, I mean, I, I'm old, so I, I have the excuse <laughs> of saying I could tend to drop balls because I can't keep track of everything that I'm doing. But for CFOs, I don't know what they do to be able to hold on to so many things at the same time. Maybe I can add one thing uh, as a prediction that delegation mm -hmm. is also becoming increasingly important. The skill of delegation, right? As you know, as you say, Alan, um, yeah, sustainability, uh, you're, there's COP28 going on where I am in Dubai, and that's interesting, the uh, conversation around regulations for that, but also uh, cybersecurity in the United States, increasing regulations around that too. We're going to delve into that one because Mark was saying that uh, he expects CFOs to have a bit of tech in them as they go through this. It's not the same level as the CIOs or CTOs, but enough tech to be able to understand this. Now, we're talking about emerging technologies. Now, despite apprehensions around the inclusion of things like uh, AI into work processes, how should finance professionals striving to build a career in finance take advantage of these technologies to perhaps boost their career prospects, their marketability, if you will? Yeah, great. Um, so first, they should familiarize themselves with the technologies that are available and the use cases for finance. Uh, so there's a lot of a lot of technologies that are available for them to work with. And I think that's the first start is just knowing what's out there. The most important thing with any new technology skills that you acquire is to get the hands on practice of applying it to your your work stack, not someone else's not made up examples. So let's say you acquire some basic skills in an analytical language like Python or R through online learning, and you want to work up to machine learning, which is very possible. I mean, there's a lot of education that's available in these areas. But along the learning path, you'll be given prepared examples to work through. And to truly gain the skill, you must take these same analysis approaches and apply them to your own work for the business. 
So you replace your Excel models with the Python or R scripts that you've learned. It seems intuitive, but it's really hard to do when you've got that new skill and maybe you don't have the confidence yet and you go back to your desk and you, you open up Excel and you do it the same way. No, you need to replace the scripts and start to practice, even if you do it in parallel at first. So we fail in learning if we learn the skill, but continue to use those same old methods. So career paths in the digital future will require applying new technologies to your work stack. So it's important to always sense for those new skills that you're going to need and then determine how we can apply them in finance. So I think part of it is not just getting the skills, but the ability to translate what you see in the business environment and apply the technology to those questions, those business problems that you see is a skill that transcends all of these technologies. So also these foundational competencies that we really look for employees to start building in order to be successful with any technology that comes along. So for finance and HR leaders, what should they be doing to modernize uh, their finance processes to ensure that they are able to improve employee morale and retention and all that? Excellent. There are things they can do in the long term and also things they can do in the short term. So first, the companies that invest in a modern technology environment in which finance does their work will have advantage for attracting and retaining finance professionals. So we found in the 2022 Gartner Digital Finance Talent Survey that 71% of all finance workers said it was important that their organizations worked with the latest technology. That's a big number, 71%. And that's all finance workers. That's not you know specific to those digital talent. In fact, the technology level at an organization is the most important attraction driver. So number one, when employees with digital skills, so these digitally talent folks are evaluating a potential employer. And I think the reason for this is that employees want to have meaningful work, which means when you provide an environment that minimizes what we call data wrangling, so in other words, this low value but necessary work of cleaning, formatting, and otherwise getting data. Data entry. Yeah, so all of those things. All of the you know, formatting is, is huge. But like when you when they have to spend a lot of time on that, their work loses its meaning, their interest level goes down. And so those have an impact on um, engagement. And so this is why it's super critical. So of course it takes many years, and you know, I'm not underestimating the level of investment that it takes to change a technology stack, but it takes many years to do this transformation of the environment. And of course, you also need to attract and retain digital talent to help you achieve the transformation. So it's a, it's a moving journey. So we've got to look at the other factors that are important for this retention. So the second most important factor is people management. Uh, here it is again, appearing in this unique study that we did. And HR and finance leaders should be supporting finance managers in their communications and scope of duties to be effective managers of people. So managers should be setting their performance standards and objectives and helping employees in their development. And they should also be effective at communicating with their teams. So coincidentally, employees with digital skills also value the ability to develop their skills even further and also the future career opportunities that they're going to have with their companies. And so they'll be expecting their managers to help create an environment where they can find those opportunities and thrive in the long run.
And finally, 2024 is just around the corner. Would you have any last minute advice for those seeking to build a career in finance? I think finance holds a lot of potential for both those with a traditional skill set and the digital skill set. Um, and so, yes, we know there are like machine learning and AI, generative AI, all of these new technologies that will uh, have an effect on the way we do our work. But it doesn't mean that, you know, there's going to be displacement of the important work that we've always traditionally done. And, you know, for traditional skill sets that involves reviewing, you know, new regulations, adapting to them, providing analysis, all of these things won't go away. So what I would say to finance employees is just look for the ways in which you can add value and continue to build your skill set and learn, have this attitude of continuous learning. And I'm sure it will see you in off to a great career journey journey in finance, um, regardless of where the endpoint goes. Career succession within the CFO ranks, that's high echelons. I mean, we cannot live forever. We don't expect to live forever. What's the advice that you have for especially the older CFOs, the less digitally inclined CFOs, as far as bringing in these new breed of uh, digitally uh, native finance professionals coming into the workforce and then training them up to the career path to help them become the next generation of leaders? What's your thought on this? One of the things that I recommend to leaders who are looking to build their digital acumen and just, you know, feel more in touch with what's happening uh, from technology evolution is to find an advisor who can, you know, sit down with you, have coffee, answer your questions on the ways technology are going and the ways it can be applied to your work. And especially for, um, for finance leaders, it's great if this person is within your company. They don't have to be within finance. In fact, I, I tend to discourage that. Um, but I, I like the idea of getting this cross organizational mentoring going. We can just have conversations and, and learn through what others have learned on technology. I think that's the right way to go. Shannon, Good. thank you for joining us on Podchats for Future CFO. Thank you. It's been a pleasure, Alan. That was Shannon Cole, Senior Director Analyst Research for Gartner Finance Practice on the topic of talent strategies in the finance function for 2024. You are listening to Podcasts for Future CFO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for a free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podcasts for Future CFO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podcasts for Future CFO. Bye for now.